Hello everyone, welcome back to Natty Wonders. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Bryant. And you're listening to Natty Wonders, the podcast show where we take nerdy topics and gym rat culture and we mix the two best hobbies together for some weird Frankenstein amalgamation of a hobby. Um, how, let's just jump right into it. Bryant, how, how have you been? We haven't recorded in a while. I know, it's it's been a long time. Yeah, I've been great. I've just been out of town for a little while. I'm uh, just trying to take a break from school and, and just kind of catch up on life. Dang, so where'd, where'd you go? I actually traveled to Greece over the last couple of weeks. Yo. Yeah, it was Greece. It was kind of awesome. Yo, dude, what'd you see there? Oh, uh, you know the things everybody sees, right? We went to Athens and to Sparta, and uh, there's a couple places down on the Peloponnesian Peninsula, uh, Delphi, and we flew out to Santorini and Crete. Just trying to see a whole lot of things and learning about the history and and seeing where a lot of important things in history happened you know king leonidas and the birth of democracy and all these amazing things that we have now because of greece and what happened there dang that's that's actually really sick um i've also heard um ancient greece and like especially ancient rome too um like the people back then they were just built like especially sparta they were like they were jacked yeah for sure bro like there are these giant like statues everywhere right but just these Mm. massive dudes like just really built too like i i would not have wanted to fight one of those guys back in the day and and before we get on like too big of a tangent i do i just heard this today because i worked out legs today oh yeah um and i'll talk about that in a second but we like while we're doing hack squats and stuff um somehow we got on the topic of sparta and and greece and one of my friends uh that came with me they were talking about how back in ancient greece they didn't really take showers but they had this oil that would pick up the dirt and then they'd have like these little scraper boys or or whatever that would just like scrape the oil off of their skin and it would like clean them off mm. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but that that's just what I just heard today. You know, that sounds kind of similar to Greece. You know, that seems like something <laughs> they would do. I feel like I feel like that would just kind of just make your make you feel like greasy and like pretty slippery, like just all the time. I don't, I don't know how I'd feel about that. Hey, maybe that's what they're going for. You know, these guys, when they do the, the bodybuilding competition, they grease themselves up so they look real good. So. Who knows? Maybe that uh, was the plan. Yeah, they're learning. They're learning from ancient Greece. Am I right? Yes, sir. All right. Um. Well, first off, I'm running off of like four hours of sleep right now. Um, and you know, if I was an inf- if I was like a bodybuilder influencer or something, or if we were, we would both say that is not good. Like I should not be doing that. But today for leg day, I did hit. Um, a, a previous max of 245 on back squat for three reps. Let's go. So, so I'm pretty proud about that. Um, the bulk has been real. I've been drinking like, like these monster protein shakes every single day so far. 
That's pretty sweet, bro. That's awesome. Sounds good. Yeah, I feel like uh, I've been just <laughs> being gone for a couple of weeks really does you in. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Not to mention, like, uh, like th this is kind of going off on something else, but we've also been <laughs> kind of taking inspiration from Tommy Platt's uh, leg day. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, everyone's been been reviewing like Tommy Platt's insane leg day, which is like 60 sets, um, like eight to 10 reps for for each set of exercises. And it's like an insane. It's like 10 sets of like back squats, 10 sets of hack squats, 10 sets of like leg extensions, right? All eight to 10 and like going till or past failure. And so we didn't do that many exercises, but we have, I've been now pushing myself more past failure and holy cow, I can see a lot more progress. My, my legs were pumped up, blown up, destroyed. I'm getting quad cramps like crazy right now. Oh, <laughs> it hurts so bad. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. Yeah. And also in Tom, Tom Platt's, um, leg day it has a lot of like calf raises and stuff dude i just skipped all that no calves what do you mean man i i know i know listen good thing i'm not an influencer i'm just i'm just a hobbyist talking about my hobbies and inspiring other people to do that hobby as well inspiring other people to skip calves okay listen you could do calves okay i just don't have time no i get you dude, dude i get you college life is priorities tough. right i know so true well we we have an ex we have a exciting episode planned today are you ready to jump right into it of course always would you like to go over some of the gaming news that we have yeah so uh one of the biggest thing in, in gaming news right now is Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, you know, the, the new Legend of Zelda game. And we just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about our initial thoughts about it, kind of what we've seen, what we've been hearing. Uh, I think the game looks amazing. You know, it it's oh yeah. It's very much uh, just a, a a close twin, a relative of, of the previous game, and it, it looks great, it runs well. Um, it seems pretty well optimized. Uh, what What are your thoughts, Jeremy? What are you thinking about it? Well, so I haven't played the game yet, but I have been watching two of my roommates play it like a lot. And can I just say, holy cow, the world is massive. Like just right off the bat, um, I was looking at the map for the starter island that you start on and it's it's huge and then you expand like spin, uh, pan out into the world and it's just a, a massive continent not only that but then you can go underground in caverns or like the depths um i thought that was really cool so just like the scope and the ex like how big this game is just really blew my mind that sounds amazing you know Hearing about the game and, and all the hype that's been leading up to it, I've been worried that it might not live up to the hype of its predecessor, you know, the, the first Breath of the Wild. I feel yeah. I feel like it might be a little bit difficult to come up with something fresh and new while also keeping just that concept of, 
of exploration feeling fresh. But I think that they that this idea, kind of the underground and and just having more interesting locations to explore, I think they're really doing a good job with that. Again, um, still a lot of content to be explored that that neither of us have have fully explored yet. But it seems right now at the beginning, it seems like it's it's well done. It's a well put together game. Bugs are on the low end. You know, things are working as intended. So I'm I'm really excited for for what it has to offer. I think one of my roommates put it best, where they said that Breath of the Wild, like compared to Breath of the like, oh my gosh, compared to the original Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, uh, like Breath of the Wild looked like a like play test with the controls. Tears of the Kingdom looks like it has um, mastered those controls and gameplay, so that it feels so much more like a sandbox mm. fantasy world. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, anything else that you want to talk about with that before we get on to the next segment? No, let's move on. Oh, yes. So this segment here, um, I've been wanting to talk about this because we have been playtest. Uh, me and some other friends in this apartment, we've been playtesting the new 1D&D uh, playtest classes and system. And I, I I really need to tell you about it. It's pretty cool. Um. So first off, do you know do you know some of the changes that has happened on, uh, for for one D and D like some of the big changes that they made? Yeah, I've read up on on a lot of them. You know, character creation and and changes with some of the classes. What what ones are kind of the ones you were thinking about? Like what are, what are the biggest ones in your mind? So some of the biggest ones that I saw was probably like the character origins now. Uh, first off, they changed races to species for mm. like what's your species. And then um, and the cool thing is that usually in D&D, the, the races would be the ones that would give you like extra like modifiers. Right. Yeah. Or Or they would they would boost your stats. But now the 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 species they have so just the ability like some cool abilities that all that every species has but now the the backgrounds of of your character play a bigger role in upping your stats oh okay so this makes it so that you can play a halfling barbarian and you don't have to ask your game master to be like hey can i uh, instead of dexterity can this halfling put the plus two points into strength now now you can just do it you can just have the halfling and then choose like um a background that will give you that those stats that you want to play for that class so i think that is a really good change not to mention also they uh, made it so that um exhaustion has is no longer just like six levels of exhaustion before you die it's now 10 levels of exhaustion. I also saw too that it was greatly reduced, like the penalties for exhaustion. Like yep. it, it's much more manageable now than what it was before. Because before, you know, you get one or two levels of exhaustion, your movement speed is halved, and you have disadvantage on like basically all your rolls. Mm -hmm. And it's just like you, you die. Like 
you effectively die on two or three levels of exhaustion. So I feel like this is exactly. a, a really good change and one that's a lot easier to keep track of than the previous one. Oh, 100%. Especially because, like, for, for one, I could never remember for the life of me what the six levels of exhaustion were in 5e to the point where I'd always have to look them up. Yeah. And then, and then, like, not to mention, it was a death spiral after you reach a third level of exhaustion because the chances of surviving past, like, a third level of exhaustion is, like, so slim. If you if you have to make any more survival checks, if you're stuck out in the cold or heat, if your character's stuck out in the cold or heat, you're not going to survive it. You're mm. done for. Yeah. Um, and, and now the 10 levels, if I remember correctly, um, it's, it just adds, it, it just subtracts like one, um, from a D20 rolls. Yeah. Yep. Until you get to 10. And then at that point, like that's probably a death spiral right there. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. Also the feet level requirements. Have you, have you looked up on that? I, I've only looked a little bit. I know that. Their intention was to make the feats a little bit more um, meaningful. Like some of mm. the feats in 5e, you know, they're amazing for level one, uh, but they kind of fall off as they, you know, get higher up in, in levels like you know, Magic Initiate and things like that, where yep. you can get a couple uh, couple cantrips or, or things like that that are great at first level, but, um, or I guess third level, but. Mm don't really hold water once you get to higher levels. So I, I really think that I don't know what the what the change is. I just hope that it's it's for the better and, and that it really helps to make feats a little bit more meaningful as you get higher up in level. Exactly. I, I think you're exactly right. Uh, especially with the um the the feat level requirements especially because like in five E the best race that you could play is variant human. Because you get an automatic feat of your choice. Yeah. Um, but like now, the there's no more ability score improvements in in one D and D. Um, all of the ability score improvements are with the feats, and when you hit a certain level, you get a feat. You get to just choose a feat. That's awesome. And yeah, which I was like, dang, that's really cool. And now there's like prerequisites for. I mean, there were prerequisites for certain feats in 5e, but now there's like more prerequisites like great weapon fighting or great weapon mastery is like you need to be fourth level to even like to have that one. Yeah. Which I was like, wow, the, like this is a cooler leveling system. And I feel like it makes characters a little more unique in the fact that, um, oh, I get to choose this option or this option and I can make a build around this character. Now it's not just like, okay, I'm a fighter and therefore I just hit stuff. Yeah. Speaking, and I can have like a specific build. Sorry. Speaking of, of fighters as well. I, I was reading that they've changed a little bit about what fighters do, like how they attack and about um, different weapon attack styles. Have you uh -huh. read up on that? What, what can you tell me about that? Yeah, so in in my in my group, I have so this is going to come in handy real quick or be important. I have a paladin, a fighter, and a warlock. Uh the paladin's an ardling, which is a new species in 1D&D. &D. Um they got rid of tabaxi in 
So it's like an Ardling is just a celestial, like, furry, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's a really cool race uh, or species. And then there's the human fighter, which humans actually got really cool. Now, after a long rest, humans just get a point of inspiration. Wow. All right. So it's like, oh, wow, cool. Like, I, I never have to give him inspiration now, which kind of sucks, but I don't know. Mm. And then there's a tiefling warlock. These these are going to come in hand. Uh, they're going to be important later. Um, but yeah, the fighter is like super super good. There's now a certain we- weapon mastery things, or weapon mastery tags for each weapon now. Mm. Um, so he was using a great sword, and he had a um a nick ability. It was a it, the tag was nick on it, and pretty much if he attacked someone. And it and he missed, then it does like his his strength modifier worth of damage to whatever he was intending to hit. Which is which in this case it was three points of damage, which is like really that's still pretty good. That's great for a miss. Oh yeah, and then there's like for hand crossbows especially. Um, there's I think it's called uh, Vex. So pretty much they if you shoot someone with your hand crossbow and you have the mastery in the crossbow, you then get advantage on your next attack against that creature. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's like you can target people out like this is what he was doing from afar. He'd target them out with uh, with um, the hand crossbow and then come in with the great sword, get advantage, most likely hit. Not to mention, he can re-roll ones and twos on um, on his d6 roll. So he's always, like, hitting, like, some pretty high-end damage each time. Um, and it's, like, overall a really good build. That's sweet. And I also, he also was able to pick up a giant slayer as well, so we'll see awesome. what that, what's going to happen there. That's so cool. I'm really happy that they've been tackling the fighter. Because I feel like in 5e, all of the fighters were exactly the same unless you picked Eldritch Knight and then you could get a couple like spells. But that was pretty much it for mm-hmm. for like standard vanilla game fighters. But I really like that they've just added this, this small thing that you can do, you know, because I've seen that there are some of these tags that you can uh, knock back and, and things like that that just yeah. make make your weapons much more useful and make you useful as a fighter as opposed to just like slashing and attacking like one time you know like i feel like it's it's a, a much better way to approach the the fighter than than anything that they've done in the past and it just makes them more interesting and more customizable 100 percent uh not to mention let's real quick head over to the uh the link that i sent you because on Reddit, they um one D and D um they put a poll for the playtest class results and have like a discussion around it. And I think it's really cool. Okay, so we're here on the on the poll. We can see that uh you see where it says class, and it has the list of classes. Yep. I see and it. if people are satisfied, yeah. So take a look at that real quick and see like see like the percentage. Um 
and how people like like the new classes mm. because right now it looks like the two beloved classes is cleric and paladin mm. with some of the i think i think they have some really good changes that they gave them yeah i think so and it says that 79% of people are satisfied with clerics and 72% are satisfied with paladins and the amount of people that agree with the direction on this poll is like about 85 and up for the two classes that they agree with where they're taking this class. I really think that's good. Like uh cleric and paladin, those are two of, of the classes that, you know, they're, they're very important. They're very good, but I feel like sometimes we can get railroaded into the classic paladin or the classic cleric that it's just, uh, yeah, it's just one. It's like a very straight line. There's not a lot of progression. So I'm glad that people are really enjoying the the changes that are being made and that they're satisfied with with the the updates to it. I, I'm excited to see what what that brings. Oh yeah. So like, especially with clerics already in Five uh, E, just being, I feel like they're really powerful already. Yeah. Um, and uh, we could do another episode on like why clerics are super busted um but i think that's really cool i think hopefully that'll make people want to play more clerics or make them simpler so that newer players can understand that they're not just like healers but like they are like they can do a lot of utility stuff i've also noticed how in tier two uh like for trending ranger and sorcerer have both gotten a huge like increase in love like at at 62% the ranger 62% of people said that they're satisfied with the new changes for the ranger and they and 89% said that they agree with the direction that they're make that they're changing the ranger and and uh, sorcerer I'm really excited to see what happens with the ranger I feel like the ranger's been slept on as in the vanilla game at least it it's been getting better with you know tasha's cauldron and and xanathars mm. and and all of those additional subclasses but it still just kind of falls flat for me sometimes so i'm hoping that these new changes will will help to bring the ranger kind of back into the limelight make it more of a viable class uh for you know more than just tracking and and monster slaying exactly yeah because I'm also playing a sorcerer in another campaign, and dude, I never realized how how crappy sorcerers are. Yeah, like I should have gotten a warlock. They're very difficult to make work. I feel like they just have a very limited pool of spells, and mm -hmm. just the their spell ca the the mechanics of their spell casting are just a little confusing, and mm -hmm. uh, they definitely. It, it's much less straightforward than the wizard. And so it leads to a lot of confusion and maybe you might back yourself into a corner, uh, not being able to save your spells enough or, or not be able to use strong enough spells when you, you need yeah. them. Yeah. Like you, you could do some explosive stuff with meta magic, but like just the amount of spells is just not enough. Like, I feel like you need to definitely like, uh, like wizard is like, yeah, it has like the most spells, and then warlock, they they get like explosive tr hand trips, so they can keep up with like other other spellcasters. Sorcerers, they just don't get enough of either, 
and the meta magic i feel like yeah it's good but it doesn't really keep up at higher levels especially yeah that i from what i've um, been reading though the sorcerer they they're getting more spells um the the more ability to use spells and they're also getting like an expanded spell pool which just seems like it will be very nice for for sorcerers like hopefully they'll go for something a little more unique as well because i feel like a lot of the sorcerer spells are just wizard spells or warlock spells that get thrown on exactly into the sorcerer spell list and so i hope that they do something to make the sorcerer really stand out and not just be like a, a b tier exactly and then moving on we we also have barbarian got a, a big buff as well oh my gosh barbarians are sick in one D D now mm. especially the uh berserker it got a big change now as well with its frenzy ability right hasn't it changed so that we no longer have to take damage to continue frenzying or no you don't take a point of exhaustion oh okay you it now just like co like it now synergizes with when you're raging and it just like blows up your rage even more and I don't think you you don't really take any like penalties from it. Plus, it, the uh, rage lasts for ten minutes now, doesn't it? Instead of a minute. I think so. Yeah. That'll be really yeah, nice. Not to mention, barbarian also has like the highest percentage of people agreeing with the direction that one D and D takes the barbarian. Yeah, I so. think people are really going to be excited about that. Just barbarians are amazing, and they're so good. But, you know, you get into an encounter or a dungeon with several encounters and you used up all of your rages and you're not able to, to continue fighting when you get to the boss or, or farther mm -hmm. along in the dungeon. So I'm glad that they're, they're kind of changing things a little bit, making it a little bit more accessible and, and able to, to actually hold water in a fight. Exactly. Not to mention, like, you mentioned this with the fighter, but, like, barbarians were also pretty flat, I felt like, as well. Yeah. Like, even with, sub, like, the cool subclasses that Xanathar's and Tasha's was given us, like, there's only, like, so many ways you could play a barbarian. Yeah, it, but... it basically come down to, I would like to rage, and then that would <laughs> basically be your turn. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but then let's let's go down farther the list. Um, a lot of people weren't really satisfied with the fighter, but apparently they agree with the direction that they take it. But let, let's skip that. We're going to Warlock. Um, Warlock got absolutely neutered in one D and D. I kid you not. They they cut off the testicles of the Warlock. That's so sad. Because I feel like the Warlock was already kind of... Uh, no, it, they were strong. You could play a strong Warlock, but you mm -hmm. had to really like focus and know what you were doing. Like It was a, a more difficult class to play already. And yeah. I, from what I've, I've seen, they're turning the, the Warlock more into a, a half-caster, right? They're, exactly. They're, they're really kind of gutting the whole purpose of what a Warlock is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and... And like the warlock in my in my campaign, like she she could have done. I, I in my opinion, I feel like she could have done like better, like a build. Um, she's not too new 
to the game by any standard, but like I feel like she could have added some made it better by by uh, her build for building the character. But I feel like just the warlock just isn't that good anymore. Mm. Um especially just cuz I don't know how to describe it, but like she's just not doing enough damage to anything. Like every combat she gets like Hit, like hit and just goes down while the paladin and fighter are just tanking everything doing all the damage it actually makes a pretty fun like role-playing like scenario when um her character is like out in the middle of like the the airship getting attacked by by herself and then the world the paladin and fighter are just just mowing down all kinds of enemies in the uh on the airship and they're like wait where where's where's the character at where's the warlock and then just like the warlock just getting absolutely destroyed. But just the cantrips aren't doing en- enough. And then they they now have a lot more spells, but like I don't know. I, I think the I think the warlock was just given like really solid spells. Like a small spell list, but just solid options. And then with more versatility um with the packs and the uh invocations that they could have i don't know i personally don't really like this new um this new warlock build yeah it's not sounding amazing from what i've seen i've played a warlock a couple times and i played it as a half caster but only because i was at a lower level when i mm-hmm. when i played so i I didn't like it playing as a half caster. I wanted to be like three quarters and really lean into those spells and, and do some interesting stuff. But it seems like Warlock is kind of falling flat. Yeah, that I think that's just pretty sad. Yeah. Um, And then on this list as well, uh, Druid ranks last just just after Rogue, mm-hmm. uh, which druid got 12 percent, but 56 percent of people agree with the direction that they take the druid um so a little over half but not no one seems really satisfied with the druid changes yeah i feel like druid's been slept on you know they have their um their shape changing ability and that's really cool and their their druid magic as well but it just seems like other classes do what they do better than than they do Everything except the shape change, of course. But druids really have a lot of potential to be a really interesting, cool class, mm-hmm. for especially for role-playing and storytelling. But I feel like this has kind of fallen flat in the acting that way. Exactly. Yeah, it's like the if you scroll down on the poll to Tier 4, the Unloved, it says that Warlo- Warlock, Rogue, and Druid have been rated low because a lot of people say that they're facing an identity crisis. They're not exactly sure what they're supposed to be playing whenever they play one of these new classes. Like, am I am I now a melee utility caster? Or am I like, do I sneak around? Or do I just um, look around? Am I here to scout or do tons of damage? Do I... Um, I don't know. Am I am I a melee caster or a um, or should I be shooting stuff from afar? Because it seems like you can't really do much damage with with either. I don't know. 
I don't know. I haven't I haven't really played Druid, and I'm not sure exactly what happened to them. But apparently, not a lot of people are too too excited about it. Yeah, they're excited with the direction that it's going, but not really satisfied with what um what's going on with it right now. But overall, what do you what do you think of the list? Because yeah, what what do you think of it? I think it's very interesting. I feel like, um, you know, obviously the the ones kind of sitting square in the middle are are ones that you know expected. They're small changes or changes that were received with. And I'm I'm happy to see the cleric and paladin at the top and the ranger as well. Just mm-hmm. I I really like to see those those classes kind of take more of the the limelight. Paladin's right there, but cleric and ranger. I really like to to. The, the change there that maybe more people will start playing. I am a bit perplexed though about the rogue. I don't again don't know what exactly happened to the rogue, what they've changed. But, Neither do I. But the rogue has it's been a staple. Every single party needs it. Every single, you know, character, um or every time I play, you know, there's always a, a rogue that's been being played. So I feel like this is a an interesting, interesting thing that so many people are dissatisfied with what the rogue. Eighty four percent of players are dissatisfied with the, this, this new rogue. And I'm I'm also looking at some of the comments, and it, someone suspects that the reason it's dropped so low, like a lot of people are pretty perplexed at how low it is. They're saying the rogue the rogue drop was probably due to the buffs other classes received that stepped on rogue's toes in comparison to rogue um oh in comparison rogue received very few tweaks so maybe they just need to um either nerf some of the other classes abilities or they need to most likely tweak um more of the rogue's abilities um and making it just more of like a useful scouter trap finder um and lock picker or sneak attacker yeah yeah, maybe maybe that's that's probably why I'd say. But yeah, that's that's interesting. I I'm I I I have to agree with you though. I'm really excited for ranger, sorcerer and cleric especially and barbarian as well. Um I'm I'm excited for those tweaks. And I think that this new 1D&D system overall is going to be um I think it's going to add a lot of versatility and it's going to make newer players hopefully it'll make newer players feel like they're not confined um but that they can like really just l- grab grasp the basic mechanics and for at the first level and then just like start to add on over time um to the point where they can be like ah yes i feel like i've mastered the game now yeah i definitely like the change exactly all right. Well, that is all about our rant on one D and D. Um, so far, I've been enjoying the play test, and honestly, I'd I'd probably be down to uh do like a mini like campaign diary update on on like this podcast. Um, because like so far, this campaign is pretty sick. I was telling you a little bit about how like they're on airships right now. They're fighting Warforged takes place in Eberron, which is a sick campaign setting. 
That sounds so I might awesome. Do I'd, I'd be down to do it. Yeah. All right. Shall we get on to our next segment? Yeah, let's do it. It is the Jim Talk Slander. <laughs> all right, all right. Which one are we watching for? All right, all right. Let's see, let's see. We can... Let's start off with the... You see that, uh, that... The one by that Jim Humor? Yeah. Let's watch that one. Let's see, let's see what's going on there. Okay, sounds good. Alright, so this guy is doing a whole back bend on a bench and bench pressing what is that? Oh Not 135. my gosh. Yeah, that's a that's a plate in twenty five. It's a one eighty? Ish, one eighty five, yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my that's gosh. horrible. <laughs> Dude, I have, form. I have no idea. Listen. Uh, mm. Please, if you're doing this kind of stuff, please stop. Like, oh, what the heck? Dude. Oh no, that's gosh. scary. Like, I like the top comment where it says he 100% slurps on his meat. <laughs> dude, this guy literally does, though. If he can bend that he far could. forward, dude can bend that far. Or if he can bend that far back, he can bend that far forward. Better believe it. Oh, my gosh. He's benching more than me like that. <laughs> I know. What the heck? Jeremy, you got to up your game, bro. I know. I know. Um, And then this one, this one is a, 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 a this is actually D&D related for the next one. You want to watch that one? Let's yeah, watch that one. I right think yep. that you're in combat and your character goes down. Zero yep. hit points, you're at, uh, you know, things are looking rough for the party. But maybe your barbarian, your wizard, your cleric are feeling like, okay, it's, you know, just went down, you got three turns before we're, you know, two, two turns until we're worried about anything. Well, I think, you know, when you are rolling death saves, that should be one of the most climactic points of a D&D session. Mm -hmm. But most people consider, okay, we have some time to worry about that. That's why I think, I bring to the table, that death saves should be a private role between the player and the DM behind a screen. That way, nobody knows. You can try to read the player's reaction, but I think Ooh. nobody knows if you that know, was, I, a, was a 19 or if it was a one. If you have one turn before there's a possible death did. in your party. Uh, it really brings some tension to the table uh, that you don't really get when you see somebody, okay, I rolled a 12 and I rolled a 15. I'm probably gonna get up you know, in the next couple turns. You don't need to really worry about me. Uh, you can have two rolls and think, okay, this person could be dying. My best friend in this game could have their character dying. I need to go help them. I don't want to just wait for them to, you know, get up on their own. I... That sounds like a very, very interesting thing. You know, I, I don't know what to think about that, honestly. Because I, I think, I think he's totally right there. Because I've seen like in combat where um you know you got the cleric and they're like oh okay well let's just finish this fight real quick and then you know he'll be fine like we got like a couple turns until we gotta worry 
And if they roll in that one, then I'll just run over there and probably risk my life. Like, um, you know? Yeah. But if you do it behind the screen and, and maybe even have like the, the, the player, um, who's down, roll it behind the screen and they can't, they can't make a face. They can't say anything. If like, they're going to make a face, they always have to have a worried face. Even if they roll in that 20, like, and they're back up, they still have to keep that worried facade up. Yeah. Or even if, even if it's just a role that the DM makes, well, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that way they're just, there's no way for them to, to portray what they're thinking. I feel like that could be very interesting and very scary as well. Like I could make it more of a, like he was saying, like a tense moment, a serious moment. Oh Yeah. Yeah, and and not and here's the here's the reason I'd probably have like the player roll it like with me behind the screen, um, is so that they know that because it gives them something to do. Um, yeah. yeah. Not to mention, it would also make it know so that they're they know I'm not just holding back or fudging the roll for them. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I I think I think that would probably be like one of the better because i've heard that one before where you as a dm you just roll behind the screen and then then um you you they just have to trust you but like for me sometimes like i'll fudge a roll if if like i'll i'll roll and then i'll roll low and then i'll realize wait why did i need to roll that i i didn't i could just have it happen yeah and then i just let it happen that's usually that's usually the only reason the only times I'll fudge a roll is just to be like, wait, I didn't have to roll for that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, honestly, I think I think that would be a pretty good thing to implement. One D and I suggest you add it. Take some notes. Take some take some notes from us. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna start working on my back bend so that I can bench 185 uh backwards jeremy please don't do that oh my back's already destroyed you know (laughs) it all right well do we have anything else that we want to talk about i don't think so jeremy i think we've covered it pretty well oh yeah well thank you guys so much for listening to natty wonders Hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye.